Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. We are in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, last verse of that chapter, a very short verse, uh, and it, uh, the verse actually, what it does is it, uh, it wraps up everything that Paul said in chapter 9 in one verse. Second Corinthians 9 and 15, if you found it, shout amen. amen. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day, this time, this opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. I pray that the spirit of the Lord would move upon us. You would help us. Fill my mouth, guard my tongue. Preach me with accuracy inside the holy text. I pray that you'd bless every heart that's gathered today. God, I can't do it without you. Lord, I am, I am inept and unable on my own. God, I'm unworthy, but I'm, I, I can do all things through my Christ, which strengthens me. So I need you to strengthen me today, God. I need you to touch me with your glory, with your power, for your glory. And I pray you give everyone in this room an ear to hear with and a heart to receive. I'm going to praise you for what's done and what's accomplished. I know my inabilities, God. I know who I am. But as Brother Randy said, I know who you are. God, one of these days we're going to see you face to face. And I pray that you'd be pleased with this today, Lord. There'd be a lost one gathered in the house, and I'm just under the impression that someone here is unsaved. And I would, God, that you'd save them today by your grace. I ask these favors in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I mentioned this. Preaching the other night uh, that I, I was working on a message or just a thought we could say that. We use that term working on a message. Actually, it's a thought that comes to us and, and we try to develop that through the scripture with the help of the Holy Ghost. And, and this thought had come to me on, with this title, re-gifting. Re-gifting. How many people in here would be honest today and say someone gave me something and I gave it to someone else? The rest of you just aren't brave enough to hold your hands up. Now I'm of the opinion that re-gifting is okay. Someone may have gotten you something and you may already have that particular item or one like it and you know someone else that would benefit by that and I think by the word of God it's alright to give that to someone else. I'm going to try to prove it by scripture today. It is the season of giving. Most everyone in this room probably will get some kind of gift before this season is over. Now it may not be big and it may not be expensive, but just about everyone in this room is going to get something because that's where we live. We live in the place where God has blessed us and people are able to receive things and give things and how many have learned that it's more blessed to give than to? A plus. That's exactly right. I think we find in this chapter 
that Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and he's telling them that where they lacked, somebody else made up for it. They needed to have given to someone, but whether they were unable or too stingy, whichever it was, they had kept the things and the Lord, and Paul said in the word of God, he said, but somebody else stepped in in your stead and they gave. He said, if you sow sparingly, you're gonna reap sparingly. Hey, it's the old, everybody that grows a garden knows if you put two taters in the ground, you're not gonna have much of a tater harvest. But if you'll cut a bunch of pieces off and put three or four rows out and long rows and not like Freddie Dodson, he like crooked rows. He said you could get more in a crooked row. That's right, you can. It covers more ground. But you know this for a fact that if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Paul said, but somebody stepped in in your place. If you want to miss the blessing, God will let somebody else have it. But look here. Then he concludes this chapter with this. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What's he saying here? He's saying that it's a gift like it's never been given before. Here in this particular place, this is the only time that word unspeakable is used in the Bible. It's not used anywhere else. And it means this beyond description. The Greek failed to have a word that could tell how great the gift was. The English language fails in the ability to tell how great the gift was. All the languages of past or that heavenly language of the future can't tell what a gift was given to us. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. God gave his son, Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given. God gave his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see the giving of God from the very beginning. He's given us life. He's given us light. Praise God, he's given us a land to live in. He's given us everything. All the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to God. And what has he done? God gave his son, but Jesus gave his life. He said, the father loves me because I'm going to lay down my life. He said, no man takes it from me. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. You know what that's saying right there of the very son of God? By his own free will. Yeah, he laid down his life. The rest of them get mad at me if they want to, but by his own free will, he had a will to lay her down and he done it. And praise God, he had the power to take it up again and he done it. And there ain't no devil. There wasn't no Roman army. There's nobody to keep him from coming out of the grave because nobody is like him. And on that third and appointed morning, he showed himself to the world. 
let me, let me, uh, I misspoke. He showed himself to the believers. The world never seen him. But those that believed saw him. So here we have him. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. And the spirit gives us understanding about this. Jesus said to him in John 16, I think it's about verse 13. He said, and when the spirit of truth is come, he shall guide you in all truth. What is that? That is giving us understanding. It's by the spirit of God that we understood we were lost and damned for hell. People don't think they're going to hell anymore. And, and many, listen at this. I won't say many, it's probably many, but I know it's some theological schools of divinity today are teaching that hell has disappeared and hell no longer exists. I want to know what happened to it. I find where the Bible said it increases itself every day. More people are falling off into that place than ever before. Why? Because simply population has exploded and few there be that find eternal life. And the Spirit gives us that understanding. Aren't you glad that the Holy Ghost came where you were? Convicted you of your sin? And you found yourself lost and without God? And knew that there was no hope apart from Christ and by the cross and through the blood? And you knew you needed to... Well, bless the Lord. (laughs) And the Holy Ghost put it on you and said, There's only one person that can take care of that. And his name is Jesus. And I believed it. And I believed it. And when you believe, you can receive. When you believe it, you can receive it. How do we do that, Brother Paul Phillips? We do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Then many years ago in Ohio, when you stood up in that revival service and the Holy Ghost had come by and arrested your heart and when you stood up, he said, God save me when I stood up. Why? He believed it. And when he believed it, he could receive it. If you've never believed it, you've never received it. What do we do? We're given a gift. We're given a gift. That word unspeakable, it means this, it's undescribable. It means this, it's undeserved. There's no one of us in this room that deserved the grace and the mercy of God. People today have an elevated opinion of their self. Well, I deserve better than what I've got. No, I'm afraid, my friend, we do not. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For our righteousness is is our filthy rag. There is filthy rags. But I'm praising God today that the King of glory came and He's the unspeakable gift. Now, But to many, he's an undesirable gift. They'd rather have hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet than eternal salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things people would choose rather than him. The world's full of it. Brother Randy nailed it when he said after Halloween, the, the, the worst so-called holiday of the year, when they... When they 
when they exalt things that the Bible said, don't even allow a witch to die, live, to kill them. And that's what the Bible said. Suffer not a witch to live. He said, that, listen, he speaks of these things, of doctrines of devils, and they exalt that, they lift that up. I mean, they paint up, they, they get in clothes, they do all these things. And right after that, they jump right into Christmas and miss Thanksgiving altogether. For just a few minutes. And for you note takers. I want you to write G-I-F-T down on a piece of paper. I'm sitting there struggling with what I'm going to do with this. On re-gifting. There's going to be a couple of these you're going to wonder about. And I did too when I first wrote them down. But the Holy Ghost inspired me. Now. Number one today, I want us to consider the G. And I'm still, I'm still thinking on this thought, re-gifting. Because I think God's given us something that he expects us to give back. He didn't save you for you to keep it to yourself and not share it with somebody. And this is the seasons of gifts. And what a better time could it, could it be to re-gift something than right now? Now, some of you are probably going to get some things that you'd rather re-gift. You have no, they're not going to benefit you. Well, just give it to somebody else. They may not have gotten one of them. But when it comes to salvation, I think he expects us all to be re-gifters. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. So I'm watching. Uh, preacher from Memphis out there. Help me, Roland. It's dead and gone. Thank you, Adrian. Here's what Adrian Rogers said preaching the other day. He said, if you're a Christian and not actively trying to lead somebody else to the Lord, you are not right with God. That's strong. He said, if you're a Christian and you're not actively trying to lead someone else to the Lord, witness for God, lead them, he said, you're backslid on God. And I mean, he went on and on. He preached for five minutes and I mean, he was pouring it on about not being right with God because you're not actively seeking to see someone saved. Now, I know what the devil would throw in your mind right now. Well, I'm not a preacher or teacher, and I don't, I'm not, that's not my job. That's, here's what you are. You are a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ if you've been born again. And you don't have to know anything but John 3, 16. Because if you'll just do your part, he'll do, you do the little part, he does the big part. All you got to do is sow the seed and watch him do it. But if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. You don't have to give out, you don't have to get up here and preach like I do or, or, or teach a Sunday school class or sing special songs. As a matter of fact, I don't know how much that really gets accomplished to begin with. I'm preaching my lungs out and I've not seen a lot of people saved in the last couple of years. But people's going to places of business and they're showing that they care about somebody just like Jesus showed us. 
and they're sowing the seed of the Word of God and then begging the Holy Ghost to do something with it. Brother Freddie Melton said it a hundred times. I've heard him say it. We're seed sowers and water boys. That's all we are. Some sow it. Some water it. But God gives the increase. God gives the increase. He pricks the heart of somebody. Now somebody may be here today. And God pricked your heart. And you know you're unsaved. You've tried to fake it. You've tried to fit in. And the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And you can't fake it and make it and you won't accidentally fall into heaven. It'll take a conscious effort on your part, knowing you're lost, seeking God. Say, well, I know I'm lost, but I don't feel him. He said, seek me. You'll find me if you just seek me. So let's re-gift number one. Let's re-gift grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is, and I've quoted this many a time and only caught it last night, Tommy, when I read it. It is the gift. The gift. Now, I thought you said Jesus was the gift. Who was he? We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There it is. Your grace, your highness, your majesty. Grace, the gift of God, is the grace of God. You ever tasted that grace? You have. Even if you're unsaved, you taste it. Because it's by the grace of God the devil's not killed you. And, 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 and you would have been condemned to hell forever. But by the grace of God, you're still here. Still able to hear it. I've made it this far. I think I'm going all the way. Grace. How about we re-gift that? How about, how about somebody's, somebody's not what you think they ought to be? You know what? You might not be what they think you ought to be. That hurts our feelings. I get in front of the mirror, Gordon. And I say, who's that old man in there? And the old man says, that's you, you big dummy. And I'm looking at him. I'm saying, well, you got a lot of problems there, old man. He said, you sure do. He just keeps talking back. <laughs> Borrow your book. And I get in the mirror. <laughs> and I look at that. It says, you got problems. Yeah. I said, oh, I do. He said, you know what I got? You got problems and I got grace. <laughs> For where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Aren't you glad? Praise God for the grace of God. Aren't you glad that he gives you grace and then more grace? Aren't you glad that he resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble? If you just humble yourself and seek God, he's got grace that you don't even know about. You've not been too big, too bad, too mean, too far that God's grace can't come where you are and take care of you. Brother Jerry, you know what he asked of us? How about if I give you that grace? 
you give you re-gift that to somebody. How about you give a little grace back? You don't know how bad they've been to me. Oh, he knows. He knows. I can't get over it. You can if you'll humble yourself and seek his face. He'll give you grace. Here's here's the statement of the day. Most of the time it's I don't want to get over it. I like being miserable and I want to make everybody around me miserable. I don't want to get over it. I got grace for you. Give a little light to yourself. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to give grace. Number two, the I. Now, I thought about this. You're going to have to let me stay with you. Stay with me just a minute on this. G-I, the I, here's what I've, I'm confirmed. The Holy Ghost gave me this. It's the indwelling spirit. Say, well, I can't give the spirit. Only God can give the spirit. No, but we can give because of the indwelling. We are able to give what only the spirit will enable us to give. Are you with me? Somebody's with me. Andy Patterson would say, Is anybody out there alive? That's how Andy would say it. You want want me to read you something that the indwelling spirit does? Love your enemies. Ain't nobody in this room capable of doing that lest the Holy Ghost be in you. When the Holy Ghost is in you, you are capable of doing that. And we re-gift what's been given to us by the Spirit of God. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Oh. Do good to them that hate you. I ain't doing them no good. They hate me. Jesus said, take what's inside you and do them good. Why? Because you can't do it in the flesh. Pray for them that despitely use you and persecute you. That means they don't only do it once, they do it over and over. I ain't doing it. Well, just don't re-gift that one. Just keep that for yourself. I got an ought against them. You got problems with God. You don't have problems with Mike McCoy or any denomination. You got a problem with God if you're holding an ought against anybody that is a Christian or that is a non-Christian. The enemy of God. That's not too good at preaching. Well, Luke 6.31 said this. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Now that's not, that's not from, a, from a Baptist preacher. That's from the lips of the lovely Lord Jesus himself when he said, if you'll forgive, I can forgive you. If you don't forgive, forget forgiveness. Happy holidays. (laughs) 
I'm writing this down this morning, so I won't forget it. It's dark outside. The sun is nowhere near coming up. And the bird feeder I was talking about, Brother Mark built me. I heard something in the bush outside the window. And it was in the dark. And Tommy, he was singing loud. I said, speak to me, Lord, through the voice of one of your creatures. And let me know it don't matter if it's dark outside. And it don't matter if I don't think anybody's going to eat this. You're going to sing a song. I'm going to sing a song whether anybody likes it or not. Just lift up the name of the Lord. How do you do that? The indwelling. F, I got ahead of myself, but F is this. It's forgive. You knew what it was. Let me read this to you. This will help you right here. Well, I've got the wrong verse here. 11, 25, and 26. Forgive them. Forgive them as God has forgiven you for Christ's sake. It's not that we deserved it. Gordon preached my son in Sunday school this morning message. It's not that we deserved it. Randall quoted it. He commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Christ, here's what he said in, Rome, in Romans. He said it like this. Christ died for the ungodly. Who's that? All of us. Christ died for the ungodly. That's who he died for. Forgiveness. The indwelling enables us to do that. It'd change the church world across America today if that really happened. I read a story one time. They were in a, they were in a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Things are going good in the church. I mean, they're just rolling along, going through the motion. House full, everybody's happy. Seemed like everybody's happy. Just wasn't a lot happening in the spirit. Not a lot of people being saved, not baptizing anybody, but everybody coming. Everything's going on. Preachers preaching, nobody move. Just like you said this morning, when nobody, nobody, no issues in nobody's heart, week after week. Said, come Wednesday night, they was wondering what's going to go on. Typical, going to sing three songs, sit down, preacher get up 20 minutes, he's done. Everybody go to the house, eat hot dogs or corn chips and go to bed. So all of a sudden the preacher said, has anybody got something to say before we come to a close tonight? It had been a short service and this woman stood up in the back and when she did, he thought, oh no. She stood up in the back and she said, there's somebody in this building I've hated for 20 years. The preacher's thinking, <laughs> dismissing prayer, let's go on. <laughs> I've hated them for 20 years and I couldn't stand it. Every time they come into church, I'd just sick when I'd see them. And she up and names the individual and they're sitting about third row back somewhere else. And, they, 
And they stood up and said, I had no idea you hated me. What in the name of the Lord have I done? And she, I mean, she just blatantly out and said it right in front of everybody. What the woman had done to her. And she said, would you come and meet me at the altar and let's pray about that. And the hater said, I'll be glad to do it. And they met at the altar. Said they hadn't got down on their knees until somebody else stood up and said, hey. Said, I need to say something. He's thinking, "Uh uh-oh. So and so right over there cheated me a long time ago. And I'm telling you, it was like $20 or something. Get over it, friend. And I feel, I feel bad. I felt bad. The guy stood up and said, hey, I did cheat you. (laughs) Hello? I cheated you out of $20 and it's bothered me for a long time. Let's meet at the altar and pray about it. The preacher said, by this time, I'm feeling a little better. He said, I leaned on the podium and said, has anyone else got something to say? Wouldn't you know, they did. He said in about 30 minutes, two-thirds of the church was laying (laughs) in the floor and on the pews and hugging each other and said, I'm telling you what, the pillar of cloud came back and the power of God sat down on us. He said, we ain't never been the same since. Last. What are you going to do with the tea on that preacher? Here's what I got. Because we can re-gift the grace and the indwelling enables us to forgive. We can re-gift that. I was a little, a little struggled with this right, right here just a little bit. On today. Now I can't re-gift today. No, but you can re-gift what happens today. You can re-gift what happens today. Now, I, I quote this often, but I'm... The Bible said, For he saith, I've heard thee in the accepted time. In a time accepted. You know when that is? And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time, and now is the day of salvation. So Brother Godsey, Jeff Godsey posted something. He don't ever write anything. He just puts up pictures of motorcycles. Godsey posted something, Brother Jeff, and said this. I'm, some, I'm, I'm paraphrasing his exact thing, but here's what he said. This is a day God's give you. Don't waste it. Don't waste this day. You know, for God's sake, that's very profound. I wonder if he didn't read that somewhere. But it's good. Why? Because you don't have tomorrow. That's why we re-gift today. We gift, we re-gift now. 
You don't know you're going home this afternoon. Over in Old Sanctuary, we left church one day, and a lady got hit head on right up here at the, at the uh, funeral cemetery. That didn't kill anybody, but it very well could have. Some boy come over on the wrong side of the road. She wasn't expecting that and hit her head on. Today. So I can't re-gift today. You can re-gift what you do today. You can do it. Here's my little thought and I'm done. Come piano, Verena. I got thinking about this. And I thought about former gifts I've received this time of the year. I wish I was a good guitar player. I admire these kids. Chris Rumfelt's boy can pick the strings off a guitar and he hadn't been playing just a minuscule amount of the time I've been playing. But I just didn't get that gift. I'll use what little bit of gift I got. But here's what I was thinking about former gifts. I remember a red and black Sears and Roebuck guitar that my mama got me for Christmas when we lived in Pomona on the old road below Oliver Hughes' store down there before we moved back to God's country out in Tater Farm. And I seen that gift, and I had no idea what it was, because normally at the McCoy house, you didn't get real big stuff. That's okay. And when I opened that up, I was pleased as punch. There was a red and black Sears and Roebuck guitar. Probably cost a whopping $20. And Mama showed me two chords on that guitar and said, here it is. Now, Play a song. And I thought of that little old cheap guitar. I'd give a hundred dollar bill. I'd give more than that. To have that guitar back. Because I'd give it to Colin. He's got four guitars and he can't even play. But he don't have Pa's first guitar. And I'd like to have that. That's a former gift. It's not worth anything to anybody. And I'm sure it's buried in the bottom of a trash heap somewhere by now. But I remembered that. Former gift. But there's a lot of gifts rolling that I've got that I've forgotten about. I've been giving gifts after gift after gift. And especially in the ministry. People buy you stuff, and I appreciate, I want you to know from my soul, I appreciate anything you ever gave me. And, and, and whether I need it or not, I appreciate it. But there's been a lot of stuff given to me that I just forgot about. I can't recall what I got five years ago if I, my life depended on it. <clears throat> I remember this year, Pat bought me a TV. And I bought her a freezer. Big time spenders. But there's a lot of things I've got in the past I forgot. But my favorite gift. My favorite gift was given to me 
when the Holy Ghost come and convicted an 11-year-old boy that he's going to road to hell. And he said, I'm going to give you something like you ain't never had before. They said, it's unspeakable. Hey, listen, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on it. It's priceless. Ah, the favorite gift is when the God of heaven wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And made me fit for glory. I can re-gift that. I can try to help somebody find what the Lord gave me and give it to them. Would you stand to your feet, bow your heads and let her play softly on the piano. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.